0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: What a dynamic morning it has been. You know, I was here at the very beginning and had some appointments. And then um, I typically interview somebody during this segment. And I've had a lot of people DM me when I'll talk about things that I've learned from, you know, people that are much smarter than me. And they'll say, hey, when, when, when are you going to go over this? Where's your class I could go to? Where's your mentorship? And I currently don't have anything. I pour everything into the Breakfast of Champions. However, stay tuned. There, there will be some things coming. Um, Obviously, you know, we had a big announcement here with the Champions Circle, you know, dot live, which, you know, I've been a part of uh, this, this mission from day one, you know, I was, in the closet with Glenn literally uh, online when he started Rise and Grind. And, uh, you know, I'm we're close friends uh, and have been. And so if Glenn Lundy and Sarah say, hey, this is the way we're rolling, you know, you better bet I'm going to be involved in it. And it's a real honor for me, you know, to to be involved with Breakfast with Champions and all these amazing people. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to say Happy Veterans Day to to all. Uh, I never served in the military. I was named after my uncle that lost his life in the Vietnam War, where war we should have never been in. Um, and he lost his life at a tender age of, of 19. And I was named uh, after uh, my uncle. His, his name was Edward Simons. I'm Scott Edward Simons. And I was born after he had passed. Uh, my dad was one of nine. My mom was one of nine. We are from the poorest county in the United States of America, McDowell County, West Virginia. Um, So to the veterans out there, uh, thank you. You know, thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, You are my hero. And we don't take our freedom for granted. And we honor you. We respect you. We are working with GI also to hire more veterans within Carter Myers Automotive Group. We now have 1,000 associates. And we are going... To consciously hire more veterans. So, if you are a veteran, thank you. If you are interested in employment, please reach out to me. You can DM me on here through Instagram. We would love to be able to talk to you. And thank you. We honor you. Um, second, David Spizak, some somebody that I uh, admire and respect a lot, sir. Uh, happy birthday! Happy You're birthday! So thank you. Thank son. you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for everything you do for Breakfast of Champions. Thank you. You you know, I've learned so much from you, sir, and I look forward to being more involved with you in the future. But you are, um, I, 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 you know, you're you're a wonderful human being. Wonderful human being. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, sir, and I, I appreciate it. And I'm I'm very proud to have served in the military myself. So I appreciate you calling that out as well. Thank you. Well, I, I knew you were special and now you're even more special if that's even possible. So if you're if you're here with us today, if you would please flash your mics, I want to see uh, how many people we actually have here uh, on the stage. So if you're here right now, let's just go through and let's flash the mics because I want to see how many people I'm actually talking to. Um, this is going to be an interactive um, uh, talk. I'm going to share things that I've learned from other people and you can, you know, Obviously, uh, interrupt me or send me a message in the back channel, and I'm going to try to pour into and share as much as I possibly can. Obviously, you can go back and you can listen to this episode on a podcast. Uh, These are recorded, and they are um, on on Breakfast with Champions. If you Google it, you can go to breakfastwithchampions.live. You can go back and listen to all these amazing podcasts. I would ask if you if you think anybody would get any value talking about money, I'm gonna talk about my real life experience and strategies that I've used. I'm not a financial planner, but if you would ping some people, I promise you they're going to get some type of value over what I'm about ready to go over. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, my brother and I' one of two. We were born in Southern West Virginia. and at a young age, we were lower to middle class. My dad worked five jobs. Uh, my mom also worked in a lab. And my dad, when he worked those five jobs, never did he make more than $32,000 in one job. So we lived uh, with my aunt at first, till we saved up enough money to purchase our first home. Our first car was a project that uh, my dad allowed the technical school. So if you have technical schools in your area, you could donate cars for them to work on. Well, my dad sent our family's car to get worked on it was a Chevrolet celebrity and I remember the Bondo was hanging out the you know the they were great young men and women there but they didn't do a very good job with repairing our vehicle and I remember going and our only meal that day would be at a buffet to this day I will not I will not go to a buffet because I'm scarred for life because of that because of an experience when I was younger but um, we would go to you know buffets and that would be our meal of the day we lived with relatives We clipped coupons, lived with a scarcity mindset. So I got my work ethic from my mom and dad. I got my personality from my mom, um, where I try to give and love on other people, although I'm far from perfect. And um, I, I saw how my parents struggled. And I didn't want to struggle like that. I did not. I did not want, I wanted a life of abundance. I wanted to live life. I wanted freedom. And uh, I saw them counting down days till retirement. I never want to count down my days till retirement. I, I, you know, I don't want to, people that count down their days to retirement, they're not living a fulfilled life and I didn't want to live that way. And so I saw the things, I took the great things from my mom and dad, being a person of honor, your handshake means something, you know, our name means something, don't do anything that would disrespect your, your name, my, our family name. And so there's a lot of positive things, work ethic that I learned from my parents, but I did not want to live through scarcity. I didn't want to live scared uh, all the time. So I remember I saw a gentleman driving a new car and I just, I was just mesmerized the fact that the gentleman drove a new car and he had on really nice clothes. And I said, well, man, I I wonder what that guy does. Is he, you know, a banker, a lawyer, a doctor, what does he do? And he's a, he's a car sales person. He sells cars. So if I sell cars, could I drive a car like that? Could I wear nice clothes like that? You know, could I be looked up to in the community? So at a very young age, I'll never forget the experience I had when I saw someone driving that new car. And so from a very young age, I had a dream that anybody would listen to me, that I would be a car dealer. I wanted to own a car dealership. Also, I knew that if I got in sales based on research that I did, that I could make unlimited income. Money's not everything. I know a lot of people that have a lot of money that are not happy people. But if you truly want to change the world, you can make a larger impact by giving money. Um, I cannot, my time costs so much, and I give and serve here, that it doesn't leave me a whole lot of time to go and physically give to charities. Now, I'm there in spirit, but I could. It, it's, it's, it's smarter for me to write a check and support those charities, which we support a lot, both here with Carter Myers Automotive Group and me personally. I, I truly believe that if you want to live out of abundance, you've got to give back but I don't want to give handouts. I want to enable people to make changes in their life, not only in their life, but in their generation's life, generations to come. You know, you teach them, if I give them a fish, that ain't gonna do any good. If I teach them how to fish, then they can go fishing after that. And I know that there's all sorts of parables you could use. So I wanted, you know, my parents promised, my, my brother and I promised my parents that we would go to college. So I finished my four year degree while working full time because my parents taught me work ethic. I worked full time and went to college. I took maximum hours at college. And from the time I graduated high school, I had a four year degree within two and a half years. I had an MBA within a year and a half. So I had six years worth of school in four and I worked full time. I would get up at four o'clock even in high school and I wouldn't get home until 10 o'clock at night because I had goals. So after I got my master's degree, I looked at my dad and I said, dad, I'm gonna go sell cars. And my dad looked at me, wanting me to be an accountant or you know um, some type of CEO. He said, what do you mean you're gonna sell cars? And I said, dad, I'm gonna sell cars. Well, you didn't have to go to school to sell cars, son. Why did you waste all that time and money? Why didn't you just go sell cars right out of high school? Because dad, I have an education that no one can ever take away from me. I did it for me. And you know what? I had a lot of great life experiences, but yes, I'm going to go sell cars. And a lot of people questioned why I did that. Well, I did that because I had a dream of owning car dealerships. I had that because I wanted financial freedom. I had a goal. And if I'm going to own a car dealership, I need to start selling cars. So I did that and I started selling cars, um, worked my way up through the ranks. And then 2010 with luck and surrounding myself with the right people, I got hooked up with Carter Myers Automotive Group at that point. I bought into my first car dealership. I now part own five car dealerships, and I part own or an investor in twenty five other businesses besides the five dealerships. So I'm I'm an investor partner um, in total of thirty businesses now, um, and I'm going to explain a little bit how I did that. How did I go from selling cars from the poorest county in the United States of America to owning all these businesses and having financial freedom? And and um, I'm going to go through that with you. So my parents taught me at a very young age to save your money. Obviously. Remember, we were clipping coupons sitting around a table. Uh money was a big deal. It was you 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 know, you did not spend money. Um, you drank water, you did whatever it took. You know, I remember going to a restaurant, my dad would order McDonald's, he would order um water, he would get free sugar and ordered lemons for free. And he would make lemonade. That was our lemonade. We were not allowed to order a drink. We were not al- allowed to spend money, period, even if it was our own money. When I went to work at 15, I gave my dad my money, and he started accounts for me. So he said, son, your first job, I was making um, not a whole lot of money because I was learning the trade, and he said, you are going to max out your 401k. And I said, well, dad, how am I going to do that? He said, figure it out. S- you know, drink water. Don't spend any money. Max out your 401k. So by, by employing that strategy, one thing that I'm proud about is my wife has also worked her whole career until she just joined our family company, which is Simon's Enterprises, Inc., which I'm going to share with you with that strategy, too. Um, her In her 401k, I got, because we had a you know, she stopped working there and we had to consolidate them all. She has over a million dollars in her 401k. She's 45 years old. Well, we both have maxed out our 401ks. I met my wife when I was 17. She was 15. She also has maxed out of her 401k. Now, there's people that will say, don't do it. You know, it's it's um, there's all sorts of opinions on it. I'm not a financial planner, I'm a very common person. So I would either start and max out if I was new or had the ability and work for somebody else. I would max out my 401k. And that's advice I would give anybody. That's the advice I give our employees, that's the advice that I give people that I mentor. One. I want all my staff to max out their 401k of 19500 all, all 175 associates, a couple reasons why. One, it reduces the amount of taxes they pay at this time. Two, they have to, if they're in a production role, in a sales role, they have to work harder in order to make more to cover the 19500 that goes in that account. If they can't afford to do the 19500 then they start off with whatever they can. And we set that goal of increasing that um, to max it out. Long term, it's a long term investment, long term vision, and it will pay off. Who knows what's going to happen with Social Security? Who no- I don't want to put I don't want to put my future in anybody else's hands but but me. Now, that's a strategy that I did and my wife did ever since we were eligible to. Even if we didn't make enough money, we just figured it out. And I said, you know, honey, we've been married or dated for over 30 years. I said, you need to max out your 401k because this is what I learned. You know, also, too, a lot of people, if you don't put in systems where it automatically comes out, the government wants their tax money first. Why? Because a lot of people would spend it. So I want to pay myself first, which sometimes that has a negative connotation, but it's not negative. I want to make sure that I have freedom, freedom to help who I want to help do what I want to do buy other businesses, because I do not want to make the same dollar twice. So if I make that money, I want to invest it in other things that provides cash flow back to me, which I'll explain. So got in the auto industry, worked my way up, had the opportunity to buy into my first car dealership in 2010, a lot of people would sit and say, Scott, you've arrived, you've made it. Another strategy let me share with you is your first house should be a starter home. Your first house should be a starter home. Yes, I do believe in purchasing a home.
2: Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you
1: start your day. And then you can turn that into a rental when you purchase your next home. So you buy it, buy a starter home, live in it for two years, purchase another one, move in renters. So my first house, I had renters and they paid my fixed expenses. So, yes, I, I agree. That's I think that's a smart investment, but that's my opinion. So, bought in my first car dealership. A lot of people would have been happy. I said, no, I want to own every car dealership in town. I want to buy every one of them. And since then, we've bought five because I didn't want to be comfortable. A lot of people would sit and say, you're making really good money partnering in one car dealership. Why are you pushing yourself? Because I didn't work. My mom and dad didn't sacrifice what they sacrificed. I did not sacrifice the long hours and long days to get to somewhere and then not impact my children and then my children's children and then impact my community and impact anybody that I chose to impact. So really, the more that I the the more that I um, climbed, the harder that I worked. And some people, it's the exact opposite for them. I have a real problem relaxing. I can't relax. I get up early. I go to bed early. That's where I'm happy. So I'm wired a little bit differently. And I thought I was weird until I got around other high producers. And it's not the case. So purchased into the car dealerships. From there, I'd started joining groups. Arate Syndicate, Apex, Lines Den. I started you know, uh, putting myself out, building my own brand on social media, on Clubhouse, uh, on Facebook. And when I get in these groups, what I tell people is this. I first learn about the person. So if I met Sarah in a group, I'm going to learn about Sarah. I'm going to learn about her family. I'm going to learn about how does she derive income. How does she make money? And then I'm going to say, hey, Sarah, if she has the same values as me, I'm going to say, hey, Sarah, I invest in other businesses. This is what I've built. If there's any opportunity that you would consider me as an investor or a partner, keep me in mind. That one simple phrase and getting myself and paying to be in the rooms that I've got myself into has enabled me to amass uh, multiple uh, business ownerships and has amassed wealth. From there, I get around really smart people where I form my own S corporation. Well, what's an S corporation? So if I part in the car dealerships, which is with partners, but I own these other businesses, I don't have a tax write-off. I don't have any write-offs. So I formed an S corporation sorry about that, I, I, I formed an S corporation and put my wife with me on payroll, put my children on payroll. So that's a strategy that I could pass on down to my children. It will be a full functioning company that will house all my assets. You know, there's a strategy where you hire your children for tax purposes and I could put it straight into a retirement fund for them as part of their compensation. Next, you know, there's called an Augusta strategy. And, you know, Augusta strategy is where I can write off part of my home for meetings that I have. So I can write off part of my home when I have a meeting with my wife and children about our businesses. So there's all sorts of strategies that I can employ when I get around really smart people that help me get the biggest return on my money and pay the least amount of taxes. Another strategy that I use is I use leverage. What's leverage? It's, it's where I can take an asset and I can borrow against that asset without liquidating that asset. I'll give you three examples. If your home is paid for, you have equity in your home, you can go get a HELOC on your home. A lot of our homes have appreciated You can go get a HELOC on your home, and when opportunities come open, you can use that HELOC in order to invest in other opportunities. So there's sometimes that I'll get a call from people that I've networked with and they'll say, Scott, I have an opportunity, but I, I you know, here's the opportunity. And I, t- I look at the individual. I'll bet on the individual more than the, what they're offering all day long. So I look at the individual, I look at what they're offering, and then I look at my possible return, and then I look at the risk. And then I rank them. So say Carmelia could reach out to me and say, hey, Scott, I've got this really good opportunity crypto, NFTs, whatever the case may be, you know, would you listen to it? Sure. Then after I speak to her, I have a list of people that rank. So I may put Carmelia second, and then she'll call me and say, okay, Scott, you know, we're ready to roll. I need you to wire X amount of dollars. Here's the legal documents. I have my attorney, have my account look at it and then i wire the money. Well, to take advantage of some of these opportunities, you've got to have cash. Well, we all know we shouldn't leave cash sitting around. You hear my friend Grant Cardone which I've invested in a lot of his funds multiple a lot almost all of them and he taught me a lot of these strategies you know you don't want cash sitting around in the bank and let them pay you point 0.1%. you know and isn't it funny that you go into a town and the biggest buildings in any city are banks and insurance companies you know and banks are revered as some of the best people in any city I mean we all kind of look up to the bankers well they're paying us one percent or point oh two percent on our money and then charging us two or three percent to borrow our own money or more what's the return on that so i don't want any money sitting around so one of the things that i use is a heloc on my home i can wire that money i could call them give them a code and i can have money wired that day and to take advantage of some opportunities you've got to have cash and you've got to be able to move quick quick because if A person calls me that has a whole list of contacts and makes me an offering. If I don't move, they go to the next person. They go on to the next person. And then they'll say, well, you know, when I get opportunities in the future, I'm not going to call Scott because, one, either don't have the money or, two, he didn't react. That's how money is being raised. So I rank the person. I rank them. And then once I build up cash through my S corporation, I deploy that cash out to the um, different investments that provides cash flow back into Simon's. Uh, Enterprises Inc. Okay? So, give you an example. Um, oh, let me go over the other two real quick. So the other two, um, you can borrow against some, some investments that you have. Some mutual funds. I happen to have accounts where um, I could borrow up to 75%. You know, equity line on most houses is a half a million if your house is paid for. Um, it varies on how much equity you have in your home. The uh, it, On investments, you can borrow up to 75% of the value of the investment. That's just in case if the uh, if your investments happen to go down. But the good thing about borrowing against your investments is you don't have to, one, the rate's very low. Two, you don't have to liquidate the investment. So if my investments, I just got through talking to my financial planner, are at 20%, and I can borrow it at 2%, and then I can get another return of 15 to 20% when I lend that money back out or invest it back out, so I'm making 20 on the top, take the 15% on the on the second investment minus the two or 3% I paid, I'm actually making 33% on that money. Well, if you make 12% on your money, it'll double every seven years. So every seven years, if you're earning 12%, it'll double. Well, if you started this process of putting away your 401k back when you were 22 years old, and it doubles every seven years, that's how my wife, I was just you know really proud of fact to see what she has in her 401k. That's money that she would not have put away if I didn't just say, "Honey, this is what we're going to do. Do you understand why?" And it's no disrespect to her. It's just she wasn't taught this. I was taught this by my dad sitting my mom sitting around a kitchen table about saving your money. The biggest difference between my mom and dad is is I grew my top line revenue. My family is a business. We look at it as a business. We look and meet and talk about growing top-line revenue, just like any corporation does. It's just Simon's Enterprises, Inc. So the third, the third way you can use leverage, and I do, is through life insurance. So there's some life insurance out there that I could borrow up to 100% of the money paid in, not liquidate the insurance policy, and go back and, and pay interest a much lower interest rate and lend that money back out at the same format I gave you on the investments. That's truly how you build wealth. How do you build wealth? You build wealth by making your money, making money for you that, that requires hardly any of your time. That's how you build wealth. You have multiple streams of income coming back in, but you've got to save your money and have capital and produce. So first things first is, anybody listen to me, you've got to raise your gross income. If it's your family or if it's you, there's only so much. My dad and mom retired with about 3 or $4 million, you know, from saving. Imagine if they would have grew their gross revenue. Now, keep in mind, my dad never made more than $32,000 in one job. What would he be worth if he would have increased his revenue, if he would have focused on increasing his revenue? But he grew up during the Depression, one of nine children. My mom grew up during the Depression of one of nine children. They weren't taught these things. They were taught you go and you... Punch in and you work on this farm or you work in this school system or there's nothing wrong with that You know and then you count down your days to retirement and then right when you get to the part where you can actually enjoy life How much can you really enjoy your life? So the reason why I got in the car industry was I can make unlimited income. It's based on my work It's based on my performance now you could do that that in all sorts of different industries I mean, the auto industry right now, although we're limited on cars, is a fantastic industry to get to. People are making more money than they've ever made. Through this last two years, in the darkest time that I could ever remember in my life, more people made more money and got wealthier than ever in the history since I've been open. Ever, even 2009, 2010. So if you missed that opportunity, you've got to take action, and that action starts today. You can sit and listen to this app all you want to, but if you don't put the action behind it and multitask and figure out how I can raise my gross revenue the right way, not selling people on merits that you don't have, not misleading people, not, um, not any means like that, you, make, you raise your gross revenue by serving others in, in exchange for money for your time. So, my children know financial literacy. They know how these things work. We started with 529 accounts too, right when our children were born. Their college has been paid for. I told them, you get scholarships, you'll get that money back. That will go towards setting you up. Our responsibility to our children was to pay for their college and provide transportation. Beyond that, it's on them. And they're going to get pushed out of the nest. And you know what? We've done the best we can to raise them. And I'm going to give them every opportunity to be successful. But it's an opportunity. I'm not going to give them anything. And if they turn out not to be good people, which I think they are, I'll simply give all I have to charity. Because I'm not going to just give handouts. I don't give handouts to anybody. I think that you work for and you get what you deserve in this life. In the United States of America, what I feel like is the greatest, the, the, the greatest country on the planet. There's plenty of opportunity for all of us. Don't let anybody that have not achieved their dreams talk you out of your dreams. Don't let them talk you out of being negative and and you can't make it. And you can't do this, do that. If a young man from the poorest county, United States of America, that if you that is not a good test taker, I wasn't blessed with a bunch of bunch of intelligence. If you test me anyway. I was born with common sense and a desire to not live in scarcity. And that's how I've got to where I'm at today. I've only begun. I didn't work this hard to only come this far. And before my time is done, I'm gonna make a big impact in a much of everybody that comes in contact with my life that I humanly possibly can. I'm a flawed individual. I fail often. I've made some bad decisions. But thank God God showed me mercy. My responsibility to him was, I told him, if you, if you help me get through this, bad decisions I made, I promise you I'll be a better steward for you in the future. So that's the reason why I show up here on Clubhouse and share my information with you every single day. So I shared a lot with you there. I didn't get into some nuts and bolts, but I would like to leave time to serve others and answer any questions that you may have uh, in regard to things that I've talked about today. I'm 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 an open book, as you can tell. I share a lot of my personal information um, because I think that's a way to give back. I have nothing to sell you. Um, so who would like to flash their mic and share anything that I talked about, ask any questions? And if anybody could help me, Linda, I see you now, but my, my app is also glitching. So, Linda, I'm going to go to you first, and then, Bobby, I'm going to come to you second. Any comments, any questions, I'm here to serve. Linda, go ahead.
2: Hey Scott, good morning everyone, Breakfast with Champion Sarah, all the other moderators and the people here. I just wanted to to highlight you and all the valuable information you were giving everyone. I am a licensed financial advisor as far west as California and as far south as Florida. And I have clients that are NFL clients, etc. So all the things that you were saying, I, I just wanted to make sure that it's highlighted Some of the things you may, you know, people were thinking, HELOC, what is that home equity line of credit? So some of the things he said, excuse me, may not have resonated with you, but trust me when you all listen back to this, take notes, he's giving valuable information. One of the things I wanted to add to that was with regards to for your children, for me, you know, I have a, I have a daughter, and so what I do also in, in trying to help her level herself up with regards to when she's ready to buy a home when she's ready to do all those other things is i have her as an authorized user on my credit card since she was seven years old so she's 14 now so she's going to have a fabulous credit history when she's ready to do anything buy a car buy a house do anything with regards to that so you can start them out early and having pristine credit when they need it so that's one of the things i wanted to say with regards to what you were saying. But I just want to say thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for the valuable information. And then if you teach them about business by way of having them have their own portfolio early, it can be an individual account. It doesn't have to be in an IRA or a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. It can be an individual account because you teach them. If you teach them about stocks, you teach them about life. You teach them about business. You teach them about profitability. You teach them about people process and things so just wanted to say that it actually helps them you know for my daughter she's had a portfolio since she was seven so for instance she bought mcdonald's under a hundred dollars a share it's over 230 something dollars a share and that particular stock gives a five dollar over a five dollar annual dividend per share but just wanted to say those are things that i would say to add on to that but excellent excellent segment Scott thank you so much and this is Linda Sims speaking I'm done for now back to you
1: Linda that's a fantastic share um yes I, you know thank you so much and you know you know ladies and gentlemen I'm in the auto industry I'm not a financial planner so we have an expert in here with us so Linda thank you so much for that share I'll uh, I'll go back over what you talked about yes my children have been authorized users on our credit cards for years for, for years to, in order to build up their credit. So fantastic share. If anybody's got any questions about that, you simply just order additional cards. But hey, be careful. Be careful and moni- monitor <laughs> what they do. You also could put a limit on that card. You know, so my daughter's not allowed, even though she's 18, to put anything on that card, not unless we approve it. And she is on payroll, so she gets X amount of dollars a month, not a whole lot. And she's also expected to work. So she has to maintain a certain grade level at college, and so does my son in high school. He makes straight A's, my daughter makes A's and B's, um, in order for us to give them their quote-unquote pay or allowance through our S corporation. So we did also add them to there, and they also have their bank accounts, which they sit down with their mother, the vice president of Simons Enterprises, Inc., and they uh, go over and balance that every single month. Like I'll give you an example. My son was on Xbox and he was down there ordering stuff and it went on his bank account credit card. And we sit down, and had to talk with him, you know, it wasn't a whole, whole lot, but son, you, you, so we had to remove it from that Xbox. And when I mentor our associates, um, Corey, Corey darkest, young man works for us, came looking for a job and he graduated college. They taught him nothing and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody in education. But we need to get to back to the basics here in this country and we need to teach people common sense. I mean, we need to talk. We need to teach them things that when they get out, they can be productive. Um, I don't really look at the history. If some people are critical of me of that, I don't worry about the things that happened in the past, I worry about the future. And so I never did well in history because I really simply, be honest with you, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me. I'm worried about where I'm going, not where, where things had happened years ago. So this Corey came to me and he he, I told him the things we just talked about. He made a hundred thousand dollars in seven months, never made more than 20 grand a year. He maxed out his 401k started a 529, just had his first child and bought his first starter home. That's somebody that works for me. Now there was 10 people or 20 people that heard that message. Only one or two took action. I think maybe three actually. Now, once I think about it, the rest of them are still people. If you don't put automatic, Uh, where where things get invested automatically life insurances things like that investments people spend the amount of money that they have so if someone I see it all the time If they make a hundred thousand they take their lifestyle to hundred thousand if they make two hundred thousand they still don't have any money so if you set up automatic things for them and teach financial literacy it will pay dividends in the future let me tell you it's sacrifice it sucks I mean, who who wants to go through budgets and have to put stuff down and not buy it in the day and age now where you know you have everything at Amazon. You know, you sit home and next thing next day it's at your house. It's just way too easy to spend money. So if you truly care about people, you pour into them. You teach them financial literacy. But Linda, that's a great share there.
2: Hey, hey Scott, can I add one more thing? Just one sure. thing uh, with respect to helping and adding. Uh, creating a legacy for your family. Also, uh, Scott was talking about real estate. So if you think about it from the perspective, no matter where you live in the world and where your family is, if you buy property where you want to visit regularly, you can use that as a deduction because you can go, quote, check on your property. So, you know, that's another strategy also. So you can buy property in the area where your family members are or where you like to to vacation. And then that could be a business expense as well. So that's another key strategy. Uh, thank you so much, Scott, for allowing me to share that. Hope that helps. This is Linda thank you, speaking.
1: I'm done for now. I appreciate you so much. Bobby, I'm passing the mic over to you. When you were mic flashing earlier, are you still there, brother? Oh, I'm here, brother. Um, I'll to the key, Scott.
3: I just like, um. so Scott, you know, I was really listening and I've been coming to this room every morning <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Um, ever since we we've done we're doing a collaboration with with BWC, you're amazing. This whole room is amazing. I just wanted to say that like I never really got a chance to really listen to some of the powerful voices in here, but like every day there's so many life lessons. So I just wanted to say that. Um, but Scott, okay, so it was so interesting to me, and you you really got my attention. You're talking about your childhood and kind of what you went through, but how it's like laid this foundation for you for like the rest of your life so i just wanted to know like what do you think about the role of people's childhoods in shaping their destiny you know because we're in we're in a world where there's a lot of struggle and i feel like there's like a, i don't know like an absence of morality and it seems like at a very early age you learn these amazing lessons that have helped you and many others kind of forever what What do you think about that
1: Bobby? that's a great share that you know and thank you for coming over and joining us and you know we've we've formed a lot of great Collaborations with other fantastic rooms and moderators, and uh, brother, if there's anything I can do for you, I connected with you on Instagram. Uh, thank you for your shares. Also, when you tag me and post, I sincerely appreciate that. Um, anything I can ever do for you, brother, please reach out to me. I'd like to connect with you more. Um, yeah, so my my dad and mom um, they they grew up during the Depression, um, and they grew up one of nine, one of nine. And they're my grandparents were either coal miners and they all died of black lung in their 50s or they worked on farms. So I took when I when I meet somebody or when I run into somebody on this app at the end of the day, when I learn from them, the David Spizak's, the Grant Cardone's, the Danelle Delgado's, you know, the uh, Andy Fursella's, the Ed Milette's, uh, the Jesse Itzler's, uh, some of the people that I've, I've literally been in their presence. I sit and I listen a lot and I take from those people things that I learned. So I learned stuff from my parents, but I also learned some things that I didn't like. I mean, my dad my dad ruled with the iron fist. Um, I've never laid hands on my daughter or my son. I've never spanked either one of them that I can remember. And if I did, they really, they really deserved it. I've never um, done that. Now, I push them. I push them um, that we expect them, if they sign up for something, Our whole family, if you go out for, uh, you sign up for a project, you sign up for a sport, you sign up to do something, you do it to your best of your ability, period. You represent our family, you represent our name, but if you choose not to go out, like once a season starts, we were not allowed to quit, no matter what. You never, ever quit. So many times in this society, if people feel like it's not fair, let me tell you something, life is not fair. Life will knock you to your knees. It'll... There was days that um, it's not me to my knees. There was times that I, I've shared the story before. Bobby, I, I was in such a dark place. I shaved in the dark because I was winning in business, but I was a miserable human being, 270 pounds, abused alcohol, terrible husband, terrible dad. But I was winning in business. I was going to achieve my dream, but damn, I was going to achieve it alone. And I was not a good person because my whole goal was was to achieve in that dream and goal. And then I God showed me mercy. And I said, wait, if I pull these other people with me, I can win even more. Let me serve other people. Let me push other people to greatness, even though I'm flawed. And I made some decisions. Like I work out twice a day now. I, I watch what I eat. I still enjoy, you know, occasional beer because um, I live life. So, Bobby, I learned from other people. And I try to put into practice their best attributes. And I learn. And I'm a work in process. I'm far from perfect. I make mistakes all the time, but I'm man enough to admit it. Hey, I made a mistake there. Um, and I have an open door policy in our businesses that anybody can come talk to me at any time. You just can't come and complain. You've got to come with a you've got to come with a solution to the opportunity. And if you speak about somebody else around me in our company, that other person's coming in that room. Backstabbing was really bad in some of the businesses that we've acquired. And I just have zero tolerance for it. And that was raised, that's how I was raised by my parents. You know, don't say anything about anybody you wouldn't say to their face. And uh, some of those things I learned from a man, and I, I have wonderful parents. You know, I was really fortunate, to say the least. But there's some things I learned from them that, I, you know, I didn't want to continue on to my children. But thank you, brother, uh, very much. Dora Maria, what would you like to share, my wonderful friend? Bobby, great connecting with you.
4: So I tell you, Scott, our my father must have been related to your dad. <laughs> We're cut from the same mold. <laughs> Um, But I I would honestly say that one of the things I learned when I was a kid um, was to start simple. Um, If I, like in college, I remember that I, not even in college, when I was in grade school, I wanted to have sneakers. Like there were sneakers that I liked and it wasn't any Mark sneakers. It was just, I liked them because they made me taller. So I'm like, I really, I'm going to save up for those sneakers. And I would, I would save up for those. And then when I would look at, you know, some of the other things that my parents instilled in us when we were little, we had these little, buckets that we would fill, like water jugs, like the milk jugs, like those. And we were able to put a little label on it. So for me, my dream was my sneakers or my car. And then we had to have a second one for donating. And it was either weekly or monthly, but we had to donate. And we donated in church every week, but this was separate. This was, you're you're giving change, you're putting it in this bucket so you can donate to those who don't have. And I I grew up with that. And every month there was always a reason to give extra like for thanksgiving like that whole week we would go and we would donate to the food pantries and things like that so i i grew up with that from very very young so i would challenge the people in this room especially since we're going through COVID and everything that look at opportunities where you can donate your time if that's all you have donate food if that's what you have surplus of in your household think of ways creative ways to donate your time it could even be spending quality time with an elder that lives in your community, things like that, like, or even babysitting the kids to somebody who is busy and doesn't have a break from the kids, et cetera. Like there's creative ways to really help somebody out that will help them financially where they don't have to pay a babysitter and things like that. But start simple and and teach those kids young. It could be something as simple as saving up for something that they want at the end of the year and things like that. There's small goals, but as I got older, I have those buckets where I have this is for this or this is for that and and I I donate every every month every year and I donate to different initiatives as well but sometimes other people have initiatives that they've started that sometimes are bigger than what you can do to help in that space like for me my mom died of breast cancer so that's something I really donate heavily to but if there's other things that happen that are other initiatives especially with cancer I'm I'm all there and I'm all in so but with that I'll give it
1: back to you Scott. Sure, that's I, like, a I like to share. add
5: when you get a chance, Scott's Credit Ninja.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Credit Ninja. But uh, great to great to hear from you, honey. Um, Dora, f- fantastic share. Um, you brought up buckets. So we bought our first house and it was a ranch style house. And y'all guys will catch some comedy out of this. And some of y'all probably give me grief about it. But oh, well, um, we can laugh a little bit now at this point. Um but we bought a ranch-style house in foreclosure, first house. Dad paid cash for it. And I'm like, hey, I get my own bedroom. I don't have to live with my brother, you know, 18 months older than me. And I'm, you know, eight, nine years old, whatever it was. So dad took a garage on one end of the house, his ranch-style, turned it into an apartment. I'm like, man, he's, he's building my brother an apartment. This is awesome. No, he moved in renters there. Now, keep in mind, the house was paid for. And we just moved out from our aunt. Our aunt was the oldest of nine, and she was a lifelong servant. She never dated, never had a driver's license, never had a checking account. She lived in the house she was born in, she raised her siblings. Then she raised my brother and I, Grandma, Aunt Mary, short Italian lady, that brewed us coffee beer when I was young. So I started drinking beer when I was really young. She brewed coffee beer. But anyway, that's another whole story. And we moved into this house so he moved in, we moved in one person to the left on the, on the, on the, uh, where they made the garage apartment. Then my dad moved in the family to the right. So we lived in the middle. Now keep in mind the house was paid for, but he did that to get rental income. So you can imagine how much fun I was made out of having strangers live in your house only separated by a door. But that's the extremes that my parents went to in order to provide my brother and I an opportunity. And when someone gives you an opportunity and you owe them in life, like I owe my parents, the the why is bigger than me. It's bigger than me. Because if I don't achieve the best version of me possible, their sacrifice will go in vain. So many people these days, other people sacrifice for them and they expect it. And I think that's something that Bobby just talked about, which is a flaw in society. We deserve this. We should be, we should get, I'm not into handouts. If you give somebody handouts, they're never going to improve their situation. Get out and work for the American dream. And I learned that from my, from my parents. But Dora Maria, that's a great show. By the way, we had buckets set up on the back. We catch mountain water and that's how we flushed our commodes. We were not allowed to flush the commodes because that used water. So we caught buckets, used the buckets would sit beside the commodes. You used the commode. And then you would take the bucket, flush the commode, and it wouldn't use any water. And my dad would check the water bill to make sure that we didn't flush the commodes. So, yeah, I can live really, really cheap if I want to. And we do that exercise here. Great exercise for everybody. Do this one time. Have a contest with seven friends or or however many you want to do. Do it for a week. Keep up with the amount of variable expenses you spend in a week and have a contest for, like, a gift card or something. Who can live the least expensive for a week? And you would be surprised when people sit down and say, I didn't realize how much I was spending on energy drinks or whatever, you know, whatever they were wasting their money on. And we do that exercise here at the dealership where we compete to see who can live frugally for a week. And we do things, fun things like that all the time. But yeah, Dora Maria, you brought up buckets. We used to flush commodes with our buckets. Credit Ninja. How you been, sweetheart? I'm.
5: Oh, my God. This is so my topic, guys, money, relationship with money and all that. And, guys, if you, you know, definitely follow Sarah, Camelia, Scott, Dora, Maria, and also Nate and Jennifer and Bobby and, and Joy and all of our moderators here and the people on stage that resonate. I met a lot of these people in real life. Um, I met Scott. We had dinner together. I met Nate all the time. I mean, he knocks on my door to get his smoothies in the morning. Okay, this is the relationship with that we have. <laughs> i don't know where nate is right now but um dora maria spent uh, we had a cocktail at at, when she was here to me and gotten to really know her. she brought me a gift guys and i want to say dora maria you're the first person that actually brought me a freaking gift like how is that so like i don't understand you know and so that is so generous how when you're a, a a giving person and you're giving out gestures it's a, it's building that relationship that Scott talks about, you know, and about really understanding like value people. And you know, I grew up the same way as Scott. I mean, I came over here with nothing because my parents left a country that was um, war-ridden, and we came here with nothing. But when you come here with nothing, you appreciate so much. You know, there's no entitlement here. You know, we all sh- we we kind of like seven people in a two-bedroom apartment where the girls got their own room but the boys had to sleep out in the um wait a minute we all slept in the same room let me there were there were bunk beds that were piled up and i remember in the morning like uh when we had to wake up my my sister used to uh she used to like uh, hit the top to make us go like go wake up and i would literally fall off the top of the bunk bed and i hate bunk beds to this day because of that but you know what it's it's being uncomfortable and and really like sacrificing your freedom your your privacy in order for you to level your game up in order for you to appreciate more in order for you to save that money so that you can put that money to good use make that money your employee if that money is not your employee that generate money for you then you need to shift that employee that money into something that makes money and scott really it's like you you really nailed it is that are you comfortable with money? Are you, your relationship with money? Is it strong? Do you, Are you strategizing? Is it a game? He talked about how to save money, how to be frugal. It's okay because you know that you can live with people. And that becomes very like powerful because you live with very little. When you have abundance, then you don't really need to waste money. You know that you can live with very little. So how can you put that money to good use? He really makes a really good point. And for those who know, I'm, I'm a keynote speaker. I travel from place to place, and I've been traveling almost every day now. I just came back from Washington. I spoke at a Rotary Club that talks about service, that talks about philanthropy, it talks about humanitarian effort because you serve before you sell. You serve people. You serve communities. And that's how you build relationships with people, and that's how you grow a community. When you're able to make money you feed it back into the community because that it, as a community you grow as a unit you know and that's how you're able to contribute to one another and this more and i got back at like 11 like 12 30 i landed in vegas i got home about two but the thing is it's accountability that's so important because i knew that i committed to being on a symposium um, I, I spoke at a symposium that was uh, a lot of the big top speakers there, like someone like, I don't know if you know Russell Brunson, but I, he's speaking today, but I'm on the same symposium as him that talks about return on relationship, how to build relationships, how to get your dream 100. And I spoke about how to build relationships with banks and institutions so that you nurture those relationships so that they will do whatever you need to when the time is right and building those credit lines, to building those money, money, uh, taps, as, as Scott had mentioned, being able to have access to capital, because if you don't build your relationship early, then by the time you need it to expand your business, you're going to have to beg, borrow and steal. And you don't want to beg, borrow, and steal. You don't want to borrow money from these, um, payday loans. You know, Scott, payday loans, where you give up your title of your car because you're desperate because you could barely, you don't have enough to pay. Uh, for your utility bill because something went wrong guys. I live in Las Vegas. There's a lot of payday loans here There's a lot of people who owe a lot of money to the wrong people that are paying interest and they will probably never catch up So you need to have your plan in place. You need to know how to have that money game in place. It is a game And building relationships is another key component of getting that game as strong and sharp as possible. And the fact that you're in this room with Breakfast of Champions, follow that Green Monopoly house on top because you, you are surrounded by the people who really do care about you, that really have your interests in mind, that really wanna give you information that you could run with, but you gotta run with it. You can't just Put this in your ear and it goes one ear and out the other. You got to really write it down and implement it and take action and come back and share your experiences because that's when it's impactful for all of us. So I wanted to share that, Scott, is that the relationship with your money, with the banks and the way that you manage it and the way that you have discipline, is it makes you a ninja. It makes you a life ninja. I'm done speaking.
1: Credit Ninja, you know how much I admire and respect you. You're such a, you're such a boss. And uh, whenever you speak, I always listen. I, you know, obviously I've connected with you in, in, in person. Um, and you, you know how much I love you. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, thank you, everybody. I got a lot of messages uh, in the back end and I'm sorry I did, wasn't able to either pull you up or um, uh, or answer your questions because I want to be respectful time and I've got a call. Um, I've had calls on morning and I got one starting. and I'm actually a minute late. Um, but thank you. You know, the, the messages that you give me, the tags and posts, you know, the the kind things that you say, um, that you tell everybody about our mission with Brexit, Breakfast with Champions, I sincerely appreciate it. And this is my way when I told God that, you know, get me out of this mess. You know, I'm not this person, this monster that I was. That's when I'll give back. And that's exactly why I do what I do. I have nothing to sell you. I don't, um, I mentor my team. I don't mentor people out of here at this point, And I don't have any type of coaching platforms. Not that there's nothing wrong with that. I spend $100,000 a year plus on uh, being in groups. And, and you know, the percentage of my income, I, I allocate to being in Arte Syndicate, Apex, going to events, you know, learning. I have, I've got to invest in myself in order... To get in those rooms to have those conversations and i got to be present I got to give and I got to serve from a service heart in order to get given opportunities so thank you for allowing me to pour in y'all today hopefully you got something out of what I shared today with you Uh, these are strategies that I use Um, I use real-life examples and shared some personal information uh, with you today Uh, but thank you for joining us Um, And I sincerely appreciate you. I'm going to pass it over to Sarah, but this is Scott Simons, and it's been my honor to lead this segment.
5: Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat the table.